and welcome back to the For Film Site Podcast, everybody. My name is Brenner Shee, and I'm here with... Chris Lucky. And... Lauren Kalukag. Lauren, thank you again for joining us. I think you've been, at this point, either tied with Jonathan, how frequently you've been in, or the most recurring guest that we've had. It's up there, yeah. It's up I, think, there. I think she's the John most recurring. John beats me by a couple episodes, just because yeah. you guys do, like, the miscellaneous episodes with him. Oh, uh, yeah, like, the freestyles. Earlier on when we started the show, he was doing, like, once every block. So once every eight weeks we had him on. So he's been on a good, like, he's seven, eight times, yeah. yeah. There you go. Now I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm making my reoccurrences every block or so. Represent, so, Represent. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> every good podcast needs a strong female presence. You're right. Chris just wasn't up I, to par. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Wow, I guess my female presence wasn't good enough for you, Brian. Well, you did um, <laughs> admit in a past episode that you couldn't read, and so oh, that, that just makes that is you true. just yeah. as good as me. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true, that's true, because women also cannot read, and I can't read, so then that makes us equal, you know, just as good. I see where you're going there. See, I thought it was there a diss, go. but it was actually, you know, we're just trying to relate. It was, it was, yeah, you know, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to turn a new leaf this spring mm-hmm. season. All right, spread some positivity yeah. around. Yeah, I figure that my newfound allergies is karma mm-hmm. for being such a bitch. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's, that's great, like, to recognize things like that. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of you being such an asshole that the world just goes, fuck you, and well, then punches you, you, you in the nose. Uh, yeah. and- no, what I think is happening is that this is, it's literally the happening. Was it the, the yeah, happening? Yeah, the happening, yeah. The yeah. Shyamalan, yeah. Yeah. Because like, you have so much chances that at the end of the day, you're just going to put a gut in your mouth and fucking end it. Exactly. <laughs> like, this is Mother Nature saying, you know what, you're a piece of shit mm. for ruining the environment. Here are some allergies to show you what we can really do. Mm. And you know how, mu- how much more miserable I am on a day-to-day basis? Oh, yeah, no. God. Welcome welcome to the club. I, I am, like I said, I am in a constant state of allergy. Right. My nose yeah. is always full of mucus. I am so sorry. Yeah, I, I went 24 years without this sh- 24 years without allergies. Ugh. And I am, I, I can't even imagine living I'm basically whole a cripple. Like mm. compared, you know, it's yeah. just like every day. Why don't you get day. like a handicap? tag for them. <laughs> <be> <laughs> Honestly, yeah, like, because if you think about it, so lately I've been driving down the road and all of a sudden, like, a, just a wave will hit me yep. mm-hmm. and I'm just like, oh my God, I'm going to crash into someone. I can't see. <laughs> yep. I can't breathe. My Everything itches. You it get you get used sucks. to the existentialist anxiety of almost dying in a car just to sneeze pretty quickly after the, you know, the it's, thousand it's, times. It's unfortunate, like, how I deal with it during these, these uh, seasons now because, like, I'll just... I'll know that it's going to happen for like a month, month and a half. Yep. So as soon as the last time I was, uh, we had to get together, um, I believe, yeah, both of y'all were there. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it wasn't even sick. I think that's how my allergies are. And it's like, so since then, it's like I have to do an Allegra D and a uh, Claritin D and a, uh, a Sudafed, yep. one of each Jesus. every single day when I wake up as part of a routine. Yeah. Like, not even wait to see if it happens, because as soon as it starts happening, you can take a pill, but you're going to hey, be feeling fucked. it. Yeah, you're fucked for another two hours or so, no matter what. Yeah. You know, so it's just part of the every single morning waking up, and I just got to the point for the past four days, I haven't had to take a Sudafed, and my body is, is thanking me for that. Good. You know, because yeah. you can only take so many Sudafed before your, your body is like, what are you trying to cook meth inside of me right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Your liver goes like, dude, this isn't breaking bad. Oh, my Fucking God. <laughs> Wait, no, I need to tell you guys the story. So yeah. I was watching this, um, like, this show on YouTube, mm-hmm. and they they have comics, and I forget. It's like they do stories, like crazy stories about what's happened to them. Mm-hmm. And um, this one comic, she used to be a meth head. Oh, nice. and, um, well, that's a rough thing to come back from. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, and she, yeah. she yeah. came back with a vengeance. Like, yeah. she's doing great. Nice. Um, right. And her stand-up was about how she was so deep into her, like, addiction yeah. that she thought that 
meth pee was actually the best way mm-hmm. to 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 be what uh to to save um the meth and save money on spending meth but also the best high available hold on, hold on, hold on. let me let me just, just to catch up with what's going on here meth. so she's doing meth mm-hmm. and then when she yearns she's saving the urine uh-huh and then drinking the mm. meth pee okay. and she swears honestly it was the best high that she's ever had Huh. Because like if you're consuming meth and that's really all you're consuming, yeah. of course what you're what is leaving your body it's is also, also meth. meth. How, so. how how long can you recycle this? Like what, where does the diminishing returns come well, in? Well, the thing is that the more that you pee, mm-hmm. the more that you drink that pee, mm-hmm. the more concentrated the bloody meth becomes. But, but at, at what point? Like, <laughs> but like, yeah. isn't it like every time? But here's my th- and I think I get where you're coming from, mm-hmm. Chris, because it's kind of like okay, so you do meth, you yep. you're, you got your con- mm-hmm. your your concentrate, mm-hmm. and then you dilute it yep. and you piss it out, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you got meth pee, mm-hmm. and then yeah. you drink the meth pee, uh-huh. but then it com- filters through your body again. So wouldn't that make it less potent oh, every time? Less. Well, the thing out? is that your body only clears pee three or five more times after you've peed it out and then it just can't filter it anymore because it's taking all the, the water thing. out of the piss mm-hmm. and then because okay. the body only filters the water out and okay, the things okay. that it needs so once it's done going once it's done doing that it's like dude you're literally drinking liquefied pee tasting meth stop it <laughs> <laughs> so like after like the fifth time you're just drinking piss you're just drinking pissy There's meth nothing else in there yeah. that's nice yeah. yeah, I mean, I that have... The, that should be the name of this episode, Pissy, Pissy Math. Math. <laughs> Pissy Math. Yeah. I have no intention of ever trying it, but, you know. It's I mean, a... I'll never say never. Yeah. I'll never say yeah. never. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Pissy Math, I don't I know. I might be in that situation. You never know what kind of situation you I know I will never in. share needles or drink Piss Math. Yeah. See, yeah. I like to think that I would never do anything, anything like that. I would like to think that. I really would like to think that. Have some faith in yourself. But, I mean, if things get bad enough, man... You know, I, it's kind of it, it, it's it's bound to happen if things get bad enough. I love. I don't so. want to do it. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> no. I don't want to do that. I will hate myself. Like, I'm pretty sure it. I'm never gonna drink any meth pee. Right. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but what? you never know. You gotta keep your options open. Yeah. You gotta you gotta have a way out. It's I'm, like it's yeah. like poker with life. Yeah. I'm realizing that you guys just live life like that. Like mm. so, just for some background, right? Mm. So before the show, um, we are all in a group text message, and generally we all reply on the day before, day of, to confirm that we're all going. Right. I've been a literal asshole with my phone for the past like month and a half. Which I understand. Yeah. Mm. So like I just have not been texting anybody back. I've been like super busy with moves (laughs) and shit like that. I know. I'm sorry. And so I get here and Brian greets me. He's like, oh. My God, I'm glad you're okay. I'm like, why wouldn't I be? It's like, oh, you just never texted back. And I was like, shit. And, yeah. and and I find out it's like we were just preparing for the fact that you may not show up, but we had faith that you would yeah. show up. Yeah, like, did. oh, we okay. Did. You now, guys live it, in life with faith. Now, now this is no, this is how it usually happens. This is how it usually happens. This time was a little bit different. So how it usually happens is we'll send, we'll talk in the group chat, like, hey, this is all going down. And then like after we don't hear anything for a little while, then me and Braun will talk outside of the group chat, and then we'll be like, what the fuck is going on with this shit she hasn't responded in this long it was like she, she's gonna flake she's gonna fucking flake she's like bro i was like i'll calm down now i don't know she, she's all right and i'm like no this fucking bullshit yeah, yeah. and then we get there and then you show up and everything's fine you know, yeah. that's, 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 usually that's usually the way it goes down that's usually it's a conversation full of maybe anxiety that you won't show up yep. and then christopher getting angry at the fact that you may not show up yep. and me going like don't worry it's, it's lauren okay. hasn't heard us yet yep. it yep. sounds it's like a lot of like 
a wasted emotional energy. Yeah, it, 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 it is. And, and, and I recognize that. So this is what I did this time. This time, when when it's going down and me and Brian had our sidebar, and I was like, you know what? Well, she's been pretty reliable. She's been pretty reliable Aww. up until this time. Like, last time I thought she wasn't going to show up, she's reliable. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. Then to myself, I was like, this fucking asshole. She knows good when I talked to her on Tuesday. It's fucking Saturday. She's knowing that she can't send a fucking text back. That's what I thought to myself. I just kept that energy to myself this time. But, like, get this. Like, so... I have gotten better about just like showing up period in terms of on time. Yeah. Okay. The nice. past two times yeah. I showed up before Chris did. Oh, so. this is true. And that's took true. my goddamn parking space too. I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's uh, nothing to do with anything, you know, but I showed up, my parking space is gone. Feeling a certain kind of way about that. You know, but, uh, all right, you know, it's all good. There's mm-hmm. never any claims, Keep honestly. taking that parking It's spot. the best parking spot. I mean, near yeah, Brian's house. Oh my God, when I came here, mm-hmm. so um, Brian lives in the neighborhood with some friends of ours as well. Mm-hmm. I just out of like habit, passed your house and just started <laughs> driving there. to Katie's. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, hold on. Shout out to Katie. Yeah, hell yeah. Like, I, I see them a lot, like driving out of the neighborhood. Nice. I always like we like wave at each other, like that white neighbor in yeah. Blue uh, Valentine. Yeah. Uh, was it not Blue Velvet? Um, oh yeah, David yeah, Lynch. Yeah. Just go like, hey, and then just that's the interaction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's I love them. That, I always see them driving down the road. And <laughs> Katie always is always looking like straight fucking forward, mm-hmm. like fuck the world. I'm driving. Yeah. Or yeah. like super relaxed. <laughs> I, saw, I, saw them, I saw them at Target. Saw Kevin and Katie, and oh, Kevin like, came over. Daughter? Katie was like, nope, not having it, not doing anything. Was like, I'm not even looking up to see who that. Is yeah. you know, it was like, uh, no, Katie, but Katie's dope though. But I do like those those waves when you pass somebody, it's a wave of hey, I see you and acknowledge you. We're not gonna have a conversation, <laughs> right? <yeah. laughs> For I me, like it's that. the best way, yes, it's the best it way. Yep. It's just like, oh, you're alive, I I'm, see that you are alive, we're alive, yep. we have had this fleeting moment of interaction, and now it's gone, it's over, and we're it. Which brings me to something that I've been fucking mad about oh for God. like five goddamn days. It. I love your rage. I go Let's to go. school, like, on I, I had a long weekend All last right. weekend, it was, right. it was a little long, okay? So I go to school fucking just exhuming rage out of my pores. I'm just mad the entire time because I got to do an online class and I think it's bullshit Mm -hmm. and I'm just fucking shaking with anger. Just just fucking goddamn it. And I get in the elevator at fucking 10 a.m. in the goddamn morning and some fucking dude gets in right behind me Uh and we have three seconds of quiet. That's why you just take the stairs, bro. He, he didn't even well, he didn't even let me fucking press the button yeah. before he just goes like fucking Mondays, am I right? It's like, what the <sighs> fuck does that even mean? What do you want me to say to you? Yeah, yeah it's a Monday. Yeah, we both had a shitty Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna be here for seven hours. Fucking get in the elevator, press the button, shut the fuck up, and wait. Mm-hmm. I don't gotta have a fucking interaction with you because you feel like it's awkward to stand in a metal box with somebody. Mm. I don't give a goddamn fuck. Five things should happen in the elevator. You get in, you press a button, you wait, you shut the fuck up, you get out of the <laughs> elevator. That's the five things that should happen in an elevator. I don't want to have a goddamn conversation in the elevator if I don't fucking know you. It's, it's, not, it's not enough time for conversations There's either. not enough time because mm-hmm. it's always like three comments and then the fucking thing dings and then you're out of the elevator mm-hmm. and it was like, all right, what the Hi, fuck was that? Have a good day. Yeah. 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 Dude, it, it, having to spend <laughs> so time, prolonged that. time in any sort of building with a mm-hmm. large group of people mm-hmm. because, you know, I work for a, corp- a corporation. So right. it's just kind of like, oh, my God, you always have to interact. Always have to interact. Every fucking you just time. Don't want to fucking talk to people. No. Oh my god. It's it's yeah. No wanna do. And then fucking three hours later, that same cocksucker that I saw in the elevator at ten o'clock in the morning, and now it's like one PM. I'm more angry than I was when he first talked to me. Mm. I wonder if this cocksucker listens to the show. I don't think so. I don't know who he is. And if you are, you <laughs> fuck you. Uh, <laughs> 
Um, this guy fucking gets in the elevator after me again. It's 1 p.m. now. Mm -hmm. And then we have another four fleeting seconds of quietness while I press the fucking button to go down. Mm -hmm. And he was like, hey, did you watch the Cavs games? No, I don't care. I'm not a sports guy. I, 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 I'm definitely not a sports guy. I will never be. I don't look like a sports guy. I don't look like anybody that talks about whatever you want to talk to me about. Uh. And, and so he goes like, hey, so did you see the Cavs game? And the Cavs won. And I was just like, oh, I'm not, I, I have no idea. Not yeah. a sports guy. And then he goes like, oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> and then we just sat there in quiet <laughs> yeah. the fucking way it should have been when we got in the goddamn elevator. Don't fucking talk to me Brian, in the elevator. Brian, in his defense, though, right? So that that's you handling your social anxiety, break right? Down, break it down, Lauren. Right? That's how you handle your social anxiety. You don't you don't like to have to engage Interact. in any yes. interaction. Because I'm assuming this same guy has some social anxiety himself, yeah. However, this guy, he probably copes with his social anxiety by initiating conversations with people in small spaces. This is true, but he's not the one with a microphone. This is about me. <laughs> <laughs> not about him. I don't give a God. shit how he deals with his social anxiety. Because, yeah, I mean, I could bring up, like, when me, right. me and Brian worked together, you know, for about a year or so, yeah. we would sit there at this desk and students will walk up to the desk and not say anything. And me, I'm like, well, if you're not going to say anything, then I'm just going to ignore you. Right. You know, because I, I mean, I'm, I'm working a job, but if you walk up here and you're not going to ask me anything, say anything, then I will ignore you. Brian's sitting there is like, nope, he would not, you wouldn't sit with the awkwardness and the silence. No, you're like, no, no, I want them to get out. I want them to leave. So yeah. I'm going to talk to them, engage them. And I'm like, that's kind of how this guy is. Like now yeah. that's where he is in his life. He's in the elevator. It's like, shit, I just want to get this over. What, what do I got to do? Yeah. You know, it's like now you're on the other side. I've like, transcended past I can sit in the silence. I don't even have to, you no. know, do anything. I'll just sit here and deal with it. He's not there. He's not there He's yet. He's not there yet, no. I don't give a, any, any elevator conversation that you can have is never going to be interesting enough to justify starting the interaction in a fucking elevator. Don't do it. If I don't know you, well, if you, you don't know my elevator? name, I mean, that's different. Yeah. That's like a prolonged <laughs> space yeah. of time. Yeah. There's variables to this shit. What but if you're going up like a 20-story building? Shut the fuck up and wait. <laughs> you better shut the fuck up and wait. Mm. I don't give a good goddamn what you have to say in an elevator unless you're offering me money or you know who I am personally. You fucking get in the elevator. You press the button. You shut the fuck up. You wait. You get out. Yeah, I don't, I don't, want, I don't want to have a, a start. I don't want a conversation starting in the elevator either. No. Like even like on a on a cruise where you have like a certain amount of people on a thousand thousand or so people. There's elevators on cruises. They're what? pretty big. Yes, pretty I've big. never been on a cruise. Oh well, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I've only been on one. Act like I'm like cruise master. Like <laughs> 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 well, what do you mean? You don't know. Wait, you've never been on a cruise. <laughs> what do you mean? Blasphemy. Like, uh... <laughs> No, but, um, but yeah, it's like when you get on there, so it's like if you're going to have a conversation, it's like, hey, you are, will you push this button for me? Push three for me? Sure. In a conversation. That's it. Or, um, <laughs> hey, um, do you know where this is and what floor this is on? Uh, yes, I do. No, I don't. But it's like, don't ask me an open-ended question to where we're going to have to talk about this for longer than this elevator no. ride, because I'm not getting off just to finish this conversation. <laughs> like, no. Uh. No. As soon as that opens, I'm out. That's and it. You will never see me until we get in the same elevator again. Mm. And uh, I and people that ask me how how are you on the elevator, no. I've been starting to give them an honest answer. I just yes. mean like, oh, I don't, I'm woke up kind of sad today, mm -hmm. just lonely. It's mm -hmm. <laughs> just like the, oh, yeah. And then the guy has no idea that. what to do because they don't want a conversation. Mm -hmm. They just want to fill the fucking air yep. with the vibrations of their fucking voice, mm -hmm. and I'm fucking fed up with it. If you ask me how I am. If you want to have a conversation in this goddamn elevator about my goddamn emotional state, you're going to fucking hear it. 
Oh, I'm yeah. gonna make you fucking uncomfortable. You're gonna fucking breathe it in. Not even just in the elevator. No. Make everybody that anyway, way. True. Everybody. You it's know what I'm saying? Because that's that's a penalty. Because like I feel like when someone says how are you when it's not genuine and you don't actually want to know how I am, now you're gonna pay this penalty. You thought you were just gonna <laughs> say how are you and then just keep walking? No, I'm gonna continue to talk. And if you walk past me as I'm telling you how I oh, am, then you. I'm gonna say you're an asshole. Because yeah. <laughs> you ask me how I am and I'm trying to tell you how I am and you don't have time to hear that. Don't ask me how I am if you don't want to sit here and listen to my answer. That's true. You know. So like no. That's true. And I don't ask people how they are unless I want to genuinely know how they are. If I see someone, I'll just say their name in a chipper way. Yeah. Brian. Yeah. Hey. Brian, I go, hey, hey, what's up? What's yeah. up? Yeah. You know, like, uh, that is mm-hmm. all. That yeah. is all. Do not engage me in an elevator. If any of you motherfuckers listening are ever in an elevator with me and I don't know you, do not engage me. Mm. I don't care how many episodes you've listened to, I will be mad at you and you will be spoken about on the next episode. All right. Engage me outside of the elevator. Mm. Do not talk to me inside. That's, oh, that's great. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the threat. Do not talk to me. I, I will make you uncomfortable. So, Lauren, you have anything good to say? Happy? Anything happy to talk about? That's. I had some really, really good dick this morning. And last night. Yeah, we brought that up last episode. I know. Don't care. Is that your pattern before the podcast? You just, yeah. you know, <laughs> well, fuck before the no. podcast oh, and you relax? I have, yeah. oh, I bought, I didn't buy a new place, but like mm. I moved in with my best friend. Oh, nice. Um, so now I'm living with Angelica. Very cool. Oh, hell yeah. so fucking dope. Nice. Um, I can smoke inside the house again, right. which is a huge <laughs> improvement. Wow. Um, and we have a new puppy. Like Hell's I good. say we because we all live together. It's yeah. really Angelica's new dog, but like. He's so cute, but a, a little fucking shit. Like, can we talk about how insanely human dogs are becoming more and more, like, mm-hmm. just over time? I feel yeah. like over time, like, I've just noticed, I, I guess it's just the way that we 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 interact, interact with animals now. Mm-hmm. Just like with kids. Like, with kids, when we were kids, yeah. we were dressed like kids, we were treated like kids, and then we, I feel like we grew up in a, in a we better have very clearly we, defined stages stages of, of our lives yeah. whereas like kids nowadays they're like starting to wear makeup and Early. wanting to do sexual things mm-hmm. in like elementary school now right. granted like you know started masturbating when i was like four but i mean that's different right mm-hmm. um right. <laughs> but like I, for dogs i just feel like we want them we want to be able to communicate with them so badly that we start treating them more and more human and so over time like Dogs have ha- ha- are more clearly have more clearly defined personalities. Mm. They do, yeah. Dog, I think and are more expression. They have more expressions in their faces now too. Yeah. Yeah. I have my own theory about that, and it's just like dogs. Dogs have been the same throughout all of time. Okay, because they're kind of dumb and floppy eater things. Okay, and we have just projected more and more human emotion onto dogs. Okay, that's what I think is really happening. So they're still the same. We're yeah. just identifying. We're just we're identifying yeah. more. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's what happens with dogs because dogs are kind of dumb, smart, floppy-eared things. Okay. And they look at you kind of like, hey, dude, you want to like go hang out? And then it's just like, nah, man. And then the dog gets sad, but really he just understands that there's nothing going to happen. So you're all right, fuck you, I'll go sleep. But we're like, ah, oh, fuck, he's sad. Now I feel guilty. Now I got to go <laughs> hang out with the dog. I, I don't know how, how their emotional yeah. intelligence is. Like I'm just, if I'm looking at an animal, I'm thinking about like what their IQ level would be. Yeah. So I'm like uh, the smartest level of dogs. I'm like, okay, the smartest pigs, the sm- dolphins, you know, I'm looking at it that way. So I'm like, you have dogs that are going to be pretty dumb. And then you have the higher end of the spectrum where certain breeds of dogs are just a lot more intelligent. Yeah, you know, just, it just is I mean, dogs have the emotional intelligence 
intelligence of like a five year old. Emotional kid. intelligence, yeah. yeah, they're no, no, they're even, fucking stupid. Yeah, but they're emotional yeah. intelligent. Mm. <laughs> they're nice, but I, I think because I, I talk to my cat all the time, and I feel like my cat responds back. To well, me. cats are a whole different breed. Yeah, like true. he ain't even cats. Cats, cats have always been cats, and they've always they've never changed. That's true. And cats uh, kind of domesticated themselves. So. Yeah, right. And yeah. honestly, I feel like I mean. I don't. I can't think of any time where a dog was revered as like sort of part of like gods of, of a god of you know. Like I think the closest thing was Anubis in Egypt. Yeah. Oh, Anubis. Ha- oh, yeah. But he's a, a he's a jackal. I mean, you're right. Which is kind of a dog. Mm. No, it is a dog. Yeah. But like, I mean, it is. But yeah. <laughs> it's not the same. It's not the same as how cats have been. You're, you're right. You're right. But, but yeah. then again, like rats, cows. And lots of other animals mm-hmm. have been made into religious figures. Yeah. I don't know. We're just going to leave this tangent because I'm obviously very wrong. Yes. So. <laughs> hey, isn't this the part of the show where you guys start talking about things you've watched recently? I was just about to bring that up, Lauren. Thank you for that <laughs> no beautiful segue. Yeah. What have you? Bless yeah. your heart. You'd yeah. be a good host. Um, <laughs> what did you watch? I kids? didn't see very much. Um, <laughs> the biggest things I've seen besides uh, Bron, Bron, did you see any of the? Uh, you see the Cavs game this week? Uh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> How about that? Hey, is that the game that Brian McKnight did the anthem for? I believe so. I Can know. we just give kudos mm. to Brian McKnight for not being on the radar mm-hmm. for like years, coming back and destroying the national anthem? Oh, he oh. he put definitely put fucking Fergie to shame. Oh, Can we God. just? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was terrible. I forgot Fergie happened. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. It, it's good that you forgot Fergie yeah. happened. Mm. Um, and just I don't know. I, it was the best national anthem you've heard at a sporting event Brian in a McKnight, really long time. He, he was back on my radar five years ago. Quick question. Mm. Um, he's an R&B McKnight? singer that was very popular <laughs> in the late nineties, well, okay. early two thousands. You're like a dream, dream come, come true. Two. Just, just wanna, wanna be with you. Three. Cause it's plain to see that you're the only one. Okay, I was gonna say, if there was a four, that list is no, way it, too it long. It keeps going. No, oh, goes, really? There's okay. no first three. That list is one, way two, too long. Three, five, make you fall in love with me. That's not a thing. That is not a quality of a person to make them fall in love with you. Whatever. But no, but yeah, he has a number of songs, you know. And um, but five years ago, he got put back on the radar. He was on. Um, he made a song called "Let Me Show You How Your Pussy Works." And you, Brian McKnight. Brian McKnight, yes. And uh, U Porn picked it up, and it was on the U Porn website that they played like for a good amount of time. Let me show you how your pussy works. And it's a very good song. It's a good song. Oh, it's Brian McKnight. I guess it's a good song. It's just like lyrically, it does not sound like something you would sing. Exactly. Yes. And it's like when you when you say it's like because you can't really picture that. So after the show, I will show you a video okay. of him literally making the song and singing it. Let me show you how your <laughs> pussy works. No, like, I just, I'm just thinking. It sounds like a regular Brian McKnight sweet R&B song, okay. but the lyrics are that. Well, you know what, though? Like, Boys to Men made that one song. It's like, make love to you. But that's I'll make like, love to you. Yeah, this but... isn't let me show you how your pussy work. <laughs> it's very direct. Yes. Okay. That reminds me of a Cardi B lyric that says, mm-hmm. pussy so good, I say my own name during sex. Mm-hmm. And I've appreciated that line ever since oh I've heard it. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's the, that's the crazy thing. So, I like... so. I was thinking Nicki Minaj. Mm-hmm. She was like popular for his like pussy put him to sleep. They calling me Nyquil. Mm-hmm. Now That's we got Cardi line. B. It was like pussy so good. I'm calling out my own name, yep. and that just makes Cardi B the more real bitch out of all. all of it. <laughs> oh, Apparently, yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. I cel- I celebrate uh, rap lyrics dedicated to pussies. Mm. That's nice. Anyway, what did you watch, Chris? 
Um, so you said you didn't see the Cavs game? Uh, I did not. I did not. You're about to do the show by yourself. Yeah, like I, I mean, I, I, I watched a lot of basketball. Is what it was. Like I've been, I haven't been able to watch as much content as I want because the playoffs are happening, and I've been watching every single game in the playoffs. Uh, besides that, things has been going on. Uh, the Morgan Freeman thing. Did y'all see that? Oh yeah, Morgan, Morgan Freeman. Freeman thing. Uh, yeah, uh, accused by eight women. Eight women accused him of uh, inappropriate behavior. Are you kidding? Not Morgan. Not G, not God. I mean, I mean, I mean but we still got accused. Yeah. You know, right. At least it's not like as escalated as like when Bill Co- Crosby I mean, Cosby got like first hit because this like starts, Bill Cosby, right. it was like, oh, he definitely did that shit. I mean, because that was fifty women. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah for that sure. Was a With Morgan Freeman, yeah. I feel like the those eight women, like I'm not. And you know what? I'm not going to victimize them or shame them for coming out with it, right? I just really, really, really... Don't want Morgan Freeman. Really, really... Nope, don't care. Don't want Morgan Freeman. Don't care. I tweeted about it I don't want it to be true. I don't want it to be true. But if it's true, it's true, right? Like, I mean, you can't shame these women for that. And I respect them for finally having the courage to come out. So It's like I 100% don't see him as a sexual deviant at all because I these are as sexual accusations mm-hmm. you know of inappropriate behavior yeah. but if he's convicted but at the same time this, we never saw bill cosby as a sexual deviant either not, not until he was accused and then convicted now right, right. You know, yeah. so now it's just it is what it is like i still enjoy the cosby show but i mean he is a sexual deviant predator yeah. and all those terrible um, things that you can list behind his name now yeah and i said the same thing with louis ck like yep. i love louis ck's comedy but as soon as a terrible thing came out about him i couldn't just have that you know, biased of you know, I love Lucy K, so I these things can't be true. I don't want them to be true. Like I don't want it to be true, mm-hmm. but I have to. If it is, then that just is what it is. I still can enjoy Lucy C.K., but understand that he is this type of person. Yep. You know. Same. It's, I mean, it's gonna be a bummer, but you can't really. Yeah. I mean, the universe yeah. doesn't give a shit about your feelings. No. So if it happened, it happened. It happens. Yeah. Just kinda, sure. I tweeted about that just now, yeah. like before, like two hours ago, about that too, because everyone on Twitter <laughs> is just like, no, not Morgan Freeman. And I'm just like, if he did it. Nigga did it. He did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if he nice. did it, he did it. Huh? And shame on him. You right. know what I yeah. mean? And if he didn't, shame on those women for taking advantage of of, the movement, the, yeah. of, of a true yeah. like people who are truly going through that movement right yeah. now, you know? Yeah. So yeah. That's a double edged sword for sure. Um on a on a brighter note, mm. uh Harvey Weinstein finally arrested on rape charges. Oh nice. Uh, Good. One Jesus. of the most satisfying. Like, there's pictures no way that you could like contest that with no. as many just like with the Bill Cosby thing, too many people came out. Trying no, to like yeah. get this man, yeah. you know what I mean? And there's still apparently people who have it. Uh, what actress spoke at? Um, was that the Cannes Fest? It was at the Cannes Festival most recently. She spoke out and was just like, you know, um, not only calling out Harvey Weinstein, but other people sitting amongst them. That was the Arrested that are Development, guilty. and that was uh, that was the lead in Arrested Development. I forgot her name. Rose McGowan. Uh, Rose, no, 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 not Rose McGowan. The uh, lead, the, the older lady. Which yeah, one yeah, the about? older lady. Shoot, I can look her up while you're going. Yeah, I, I forgot I forgot her name, but uh, she was speaking about that. How it wasn't. I don't think it was necessarily um, sexual misconduct that she was calling out. I think she was just calling out that the cast was horrible to her. Okay. And borderline abusive, and and she had like emotional breakdowns on oh, set. Oh, okay. And the director and the people. See the clip I saw. I guess was a little bit out of context because no. the the headline was. Um, something about like Weinstein finally convicted of rape charges. Actress calls him out at something. We might be talking about different things. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, I'm talking about the, is, is, what's her name? Uh, the lady from Arrested Development. Uh, depending on which one we're talking about, mm-hmm. uh, Lindsay Bluth. The um, she plays Portia de, or she's Portia de Rossi. Mm-hmm. Uh, the oldest lady. She plays the mother of everybody. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, the it's not lady? Portia. Okay, so not it's a Jessica Walter, wife. ex-wife. 
Yeah. Ex- oh, they divorced? When did as they divorce? As, like a couple years ago, as far as Shut I Shut the fuck up. Yeah, I will get the I latest so info. I am so fucking behind. But yeah, I was pretty sure they divorced. But yeah, Jessica Walter. Jessica Walter, that's yeah. what it was. Okay. Um, Jess- uh, was that what you're talking about, Jessica Walter? Um, I mean, does she have a French accent, naturally? I don't know. Okay, um, it was a French lady. Yeah. Probably, probably talking about different things. Okay. Yeah, people are still defending Weinstein. And people, the cast of Arrested Development was... Defending the berate like the beratement that the director caused Jessica Walter uh, oh. on set, like they were on set, and while yeah. Jessica Walter it was, was like verbally verbally abused, yeah. yeah, and while she was crying talking about this, the cast, the male cast primordially, was defending the guy that did the verbal abusing. Wow! While they were on the interview, this woman was crying on the interview, and yeah. people were still defending her, mm. defending him. Uh, and so, like, that was, like, the big news this week before Harvey and Morgan Freeman um, popped up on the news. Okay, um, okay. Yeah. Shit's fucked up. If we're talking about the same thing, that's what it was. It was okay. Jessica Walter. Uh, no, apparently they are still together. Look, I'm looking at uh, the latest like, gossip no sites way. now. There's some some gossip rumors saying is their marriage ending, but no, they're supposedly still okay. Together. But they had those rumors about Will Smith and um, yeah. Jada Pinkett. And did, did you see Will Smith come back? Come back, come yeah. back with a rap, and mm-hmm. then it was like, um, shut the fuck up about my marriage. Yep. Uh, something yeah. about the rumors, yeah. Mm-hmm. Will yeah. Smith I'm not saying back. that, but it was I would jiggy, love that. I've been I've been <laughs> fo- I've been loving Will Smith's uh, blocks. Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. His Instagram has been tight. Yeah. His Instagram's been really funny. Yes. Lit as fuck. Shout out to you, Will. He released a new song and it is 1996 Jiggy. Nice. Is, is oh, there? I will. I will listen to it. <laughs> Before I cut off, because we've been talking shit for half an hour, um, I watched uh, three quarters of "Call Me by Your Name." The, oh, nice. I heard the, that was pretty good. It, it is fucking fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it looks gorgeous as a film, and I found out that they shot it all with one lens. Oh. They shot it all with a, I think S4. Um, true cinema 35 millimeter 35 is my favorite yeah, lens it is, it is a fantastic lens yeah. and everything looks gorgeous and as close to the human eye as possible yeah. so and the and the film and it was shot on like actual film stock too yeah. so it just looks like this gorgeous art house uh, you know shot in northern Italy film there, there's something outside of the, the that that I want to talk to you about one yeah. day is like 35 versus 28 and I'm feeling like 28 may be superior but that's a whole different conversation but but yes I love yeah, 35 yeah, so. but yeah alright but yeah uh, it's 28 is purposeful. I think yes. like you have to have a purpose to use a 28, mm. but 35 is the closest thing to the human, to the human eye. eye. Yes. So is. that's going to be like the most immersive lens that you can find. That's like mm. my short rundown of it. I mean, yeah, Citizen yeah. Kane used nothing but 35, and it was amazing. Loved it ever since then, but I'm kind of going on the 28. I mean, Steven Spielberg been using it for quite a while. Love 28. Oh, there, no, he used a 28. Oh, yeah. Uh, does yeah. he use it for singles? or? Oh, no, it's for singles specifically, yeah. For singles specifically? Yeah. 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 The Coen Brothers use a 24 for singles. Oh, nice. Uh, all their, their like single shots are shot on 24. Nice. Which is really cool. That was a conversation for that very specific group out of your <laughs> listeners who come to this, sh- who who listen to your show for the technical technical stuff. True. Because yeah. you know I mean? <laughs> there's like, so you have your wide audience who listens to like the whole show and like loves it for like the rapport and yeah. the shit talking and just like and the people that like kind of the like, content. Oh, yeah, they talk about and then that. there's like. A segment of that group, who are your friends that are supporting you, mm-hmm. and then there's an even smaller segment of the group that are just like, oh yeah, we come here for the technical talk. Right. <laughs> I like. We like to think that we provide for everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, that being said, yeah. um, I think it's time we talk about the motherfucking Breakfast Club. Hey. Uh, we're gonna. Uh, we'll be right back. And, and, and not the talk club. show, the Breakfast Club. Is there a talk show called there the Breakfast Club? There is a talk club? show that called makes the Breakfast me Club. Yeah. 
John Hughes should not have let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the biggest talk show, morning talk show in, in the United States. Do you think right I now? watch morning yeah. talk show television? I mean, it's, it's not it's TV, all, it's, it's radio. Radio, radio oh. and YouTube. I don't listen yeah, to radio. I was like yeah. telling people, yeah, I'm going to do a review on The Breakfast Club. I was like, why are you doing a fucking review on a talk show? Yeah. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> the 1985 movie, The Breakfast Club. No, John Hughes is extremely problematic. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me sad. We're going to cut and then we'll be right Anyway, welcome back to the Fulfillment hey Podcast. Uh, we're back. Breakfast Club. Uh, the Breakfast Club, uh, the rundown on it is a uh, five high school students from different walks of life endure a Saturday detention under a power-hungry principal. The group includes Rebel, played by Judd Nelson, Princess Molly Renwall, Outcast Ali Sheedy, and the brainy Anthony Mikey, Michael Hall and Emilia Estevez as the jock. Each has a chance to tell his or her own story, making the others see them a little bit differently. When the day ends, they question whether school will ever be the same. That's uh, like the whitest Hispanic boy I've ever seen. Whitest Hispanic boy? Yeah. Emilio Where? Estevez? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's Charlie Sheen's brother and um, Martin Sheen's son. And really? Yeah, their they're, they're birth name, well, their names are That's Estevez. why they all look alike. Yeah, they just changed their name to, um, to Sheen because it was more whiter and they could get into movies or whatever. Wait, that makes so sense. the Sheens are actually Hispanic? Estevez. They're actually Estevez, yeah. I don't know about their Hispanic lineage, but they're all Estevez. Shut yeah. the fuck up! My yeah. <laughs> brain just imploded into a million thousand yeah, fucking that is pieces. Yeah. Wow. Emilio Estevez, Charlie Sheen brothers, Martin Sheen is Martin Estevez. Like Emilio, Emilio Estevez was the blonde kid, right? The blonde jock? The, uh, the, the blonde jock, jock yeah. The wrestler. Yeah. No wonder yeah. he looked familiar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He looks just like it all. He looks yeah. like Martin. The he most. looks like Martin. Martin was in um, what's what's the movie that we we did re- uh, not too long Martin ago? Martin was uh the lady with the with the boyfriend that they ran away. And yeah, that was that, yeah, that was um, something like they look very similar if you can look at it at that point. Ah, uh, yeah. fuck me, what was the name of that movie? I'm not gonna be able to think of uh, it. Now, 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 <laughs> right now, like, now, yeah. Um, Fuck, whatever. Uh, shout out to Martin Chin real quick. He's yeah. probably the best person to wear put on a jacket on screen mm. any given time. We've <laughs> talked about that before. I will always celebrate it. It's phenomenal. Nice. Uh, look up Martin Sheen uh, coat, uh, super cut on YouTube. It's fucking great. He, he, he puts on a good coat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Um, anyway, so obviously this is one of the, like one of those classic, yeah. classic movies. Yeah. If like every, almost everybody was like, "Oh, you haven't seen The Breakfast Club? What the fuck? You're a film student." Mm. Um, so I finally watched The Breakfast oh, Club. Oh, you've never, never seen, seen The Breakfast Club? No, I'm <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean like, that just occurred to me right yeah. now. I was like, it's the first time. Wow. Um, it was made ten years before I was even born, mm. so I just never. It was made before yeah. two thirds of this room was born. This is true. So. Oh God! Ooh. Yeah, looking at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like two, like two when that movie. It was came one. Out. Yeah, it came yeah. out in 1985. So as far as I've known, this is a movie that's always existed. You yeah. Know, because yeah. the time I'm like eight or nine, it's coming on television, and you're seeing it all Same. the time. You know. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but again, it's one of those classic movies. It's John Hughes who's kind of right. regarded as like the master. Of is that the only John Hughes cast. film you've seen? I. If on purpose, yes. I may have seen another one by accident. Just came on TV, didn't realize that's who it was. It was just right. There. Yeah. Um, but you seen Home Alone? I believe yeah, Home Alone. Yeah, he did Home Alone one and four. And four, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then yeah, I've seen yeah. I've seen Home Alone. Yeah. Great movie too. You know what else he directed that I was really candles? well? Yeah. No, Sixteen Candles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. no. <laughs> Made in Manhattan. Oh no, I didn't know that. I had the, no um, fucking idea that was Jennifer a John Lopez. Hughes film. Yeah, Jennifer yeah. Lopez and uh, hey, 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 Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> all right, all right, uh, yeah. all right, all right. No, I didn't uh, know that. <laughs> uh, I did not know that either. Um, but John Hughes is one of those kind of like classic directors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like everybody, everybody's seen a John Hughes film one yeah. or another. Oh, yeah. 
and I've never seen The Breakfast Club. Mm. And people have always like, oh, you got to see it. You have to see it. It's a masterpiece. Mm. And I'm one of those people that when everybody says something is a masterpiece, I'm really reluctant to see it because I, I don't believe them. <laughs> right. I mean, and, yeah. uh, uh, but I, th- this movie, man, as far as like, like I really, really genuinely had a fantastic time with this movie. Yeah. Definitely good movie. It was, uh, it was super fucking fun. Mm. I loved it. And the best part, because uh, th- there's a the dialogue. Like, yes. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Writing, yeah. If, if that movie didn't have that John Hughes dialogue, I mean, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be anything particularly interesting, but it's fucking... Uh, I mean, the direction, too. I, I, I was a really big fan of John Hughes' direction in this movie in particular, besides, like, the other stuff that you... There's I mean, Bueller Day, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. He did that one. Did you yeah. do that? Not, did you I'm ever watch? You've never seen Ferris Bueller's Day no. Off? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, when, once you see like four or five John Hughes movies, then you get to see, okay, I see his director, yeah. directing style. So, like, even besides like the rest of, you know, his filmography, mm-hmm. this one movie, I was like, I liked certain yeah. things that he did. Uh, the close ups on, on certain shots when um, when Judd Nelson, is it Judd Nelson? Yeah, when Judd Nelson the is principal. under the, uh, the table and uh, Molly <laughs> Ringwald is there and he's talking about earlier, it was like, you ever been felt up over the bra, you know, under the blouse? Yeah, they're having this whole mm-hmm. conversation and then eventually he's under the table right there at, at, at her panties. They do a close up, you yeah. know, showing okay. exactly what he's seeing. That was a body shot. double because at the I'd time assume. Molly Ringwald was only 16 mm-hmm. and um, of course her mother was like extremely involved with the, the, the scenes that she was in. Yeah. And um, so that was a, that was a body double for that pussy close-up. For a snatch pussy uh, close shot, up. yeah. Yeah, for yeah. <laughs> so I mean, just some some of the shots, you know, that that uh, that he was going for in the direction. I mean, some of the stuff even felt cheesy to me. Um, the the one thing that felt cheesy to me back then was, um, you know, when everybody smokes a little bit of pot mm-hmm. and everybody's like breaking out and having fun and letting themselves stuff loose. When Emilio comes out of that fucking room and does that retarded crazy. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, saying that I said no, retarded. No, he, he does. But, like, that ridiculous fucking dance. Yeah. Like yeah. And that's, that's, I mean, it's like that thing was okay then because it's something that has been mimicked over and over and right. over. You know, that was a trendsetter. It wasn't like that had been happening, you know, years before. But I was upset that's about That's what people the, were doing in music videos in the 80s. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah, the running, the running action type thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the slamming the door and screaming and then all the, the glass shatters. I'm like, this is a bit dramatic, don't you think, John? <laughs> right. Dramatic right like you're talking to him like, man, it's like, John, that was a little fucked up. Like, you know, like I understand on. all, you know, the, the dancing around and all the energy and you you sit in the door, then you scream and the glass breaks. Like, shit, all right, I, I get what you're going for, but uh, it's a little, little much. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs> I think that's what makes this movie so cool, right? It's just mm-hmm. like, it it is clearly an 80s movie, oh, but yeah. it's still, like, timeless in its topic. Yes. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh, Holds up very well. I was, I was, I'm always worried when I watch a movie made in the 80s or made in the 60s or mm. anything other than that. Like, more than 20 years, I'm always a bit worried because it tends to be super dated. And you tend to be the entire time around like that doesn't that doesn't work like that. Well, what are you doing, John? <laughs> um, but but uh, John, I mean, this movie kind of holds up as a classic. Did, like, yeah. did you have a favorite character? I did. It was it was Judd Nelson. Judd Nelson. Uh, um, oh, yeah, that's that's Bender. what I thought it would be. Yeah, from yeah. the very beginning, the I, when they, when they show him for the first time, I was like, Brian's gonna be that guy. I immediately yeah. fell in love with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's wearing like the, the trench type jacket. I was <laughs> like, Brian would dress like this. He would be like, I don't give a fuck. Like type of person. I was like, yeah, I've seen him as that. Yeah. He has my favorite introduction shot when he gets to the school mm. and he enters a. I think it's a library. Yeah, and he and just like fucks <laughs> just yeah. fucks everything up. Yep. Like immediately flicks everything, knocks the phone off, like takes the cars and just bend them. Mm. I fucking love that his introduction. Yeah. Uh, yeah, John Nelson is, was my favorite character, and I think uh, the movie the movie's about you know like a sense of identity. Yeah, uh, like do you break your stereotypes or mm-hmm. do you kind of go with the flow of what everyone is saying? Yep. And what happens with five entirely different people and five entirely different stereotypes? Yeah, get together and they find a little bit of humanity inside of them, yeah. and each and every one of them. 
But what I really, really liked about the this cast is that, first of all, nothing really happens in terms of like no, not really. drama. Nothing no. really happens. Mm-hmm. But uh, except for like coming out about why they're there, right? Yeah. Which is kind of this is the most dramatic piece of information we get. Yeah. But the vehicle for all the tiny character information, because it's a character study, definitely. And the vehicle for that character study was Judd Nelson's character. He mm-hmm. was the instigator of, all of, of every single character yeah. realization that we had. Yeah. And even when he's the one giving out his character information, mm-hmm. he's the one that instigates it. Yeah. And and I love that because it brings people out of the comfort zone. And that's why I love that character because he's the one guy yeah. that's so out of a comfort zone all the time. Mm-hmm. He exists outside of comfort. And he wants to drag other people that are stuck in their comfort zones with the same feeling that he has. Partially. Like, I 90% agree with that. The only part is that he's not the one person that is doing that and that's living outside of their comfort zone the entire Mm -hmm. time. The other person is my favorite character in there, Ali Sheedy's character, Allison, the one with the the dark hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like she's to herself and outside of her comfort zone. And the reason is, it's like it's not because she's being forced by her parents, you know, to get A's and B's and they want to expect so much out of her. It's not because like Judd Nelson's parents, who has Mm -hmm. a terrible home where they beat him and it's just terrible. They don't care about anything that he does and everybody thinks he's a screw up. Mm -hmm. It's not about, you know, being um, like Molly Ringwald's character. You got to be the princess and this perfect person in her life. Their parent, her parents don't give a fuck about her one right. way or another. They're not, they don't give her the attention to beat her. They don't give her the attention to say, we want you to get A's and B's. They don't give her the attention to like, I want you to be a jock or an athlete. They don't care about her at all right. as far as she's concerned. You know, so she exists outside of her comfort zone. And when she finally does get, uh, she finds a way to get Molly Ringwald to admit that she's a virgin. And you, she's like, no, I'm a, I'm a nymphomaniac. I'm right. this, I'm that. And it's all a ruse just to get her to relate and to talk. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm like, I, I definitely agree with Jen Nelson's that, yeah. character, but I'm like, I like her character a lot, I too. I know. I feel like they all, I, honestly, my least, I, I don't really necessarily have a favorite character, but mm-hmm. my least favorite character is Molly Ringwald's because she Ooh. had the least mm-hmm. amount of sort of impact on anything that or anybody. Claire, right? mm-hmm. Claire, Claire yeah. yeah. Yep. And mm-hmm. so, like, because they all had their moments of, like, you know, all had their defining moments, yeah. right? Yeah. So with Allison Sheedy's character, she, like, you know, was the instigator and then also put herself outside of her comfort zone. It was like dumping her shit. Like notice me, like notice me when I typically hide in the shadows. Yeah. Same thing with Judd Nielsen. It was just like instigating, trying to get everyone to come out of their mm-hmm. comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, the nerd actually, you know, encourages, um, uh, the the basket case mm-hmm. to come out or to talk more about her stuff. But yeah. it's Emilio. And honestly, I, I think now, I mean, I was most impressed um, in terms of character development by the wrestler. Yeah, by oh, the yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think he had you the best. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I was surprised because, you know, especially in the 80s, the, the stereotypical jock is just like this, so concerned with being cool, you know, kind of a beef head. Yeah. But he was very, he... He was deeply intrinsic in a way, yeah. and I, I thought that that was um, translated pretty well. I don't know; I, right. it was really cool. He did. My my problem with the um, with the right, even back then, watching it and growing up watching it, mm-hmm. and being in high school is like you kind of understand like the conversation they have at the end of the movie is what happens after today when we see each other in school. Oh, right? yeah. Which is my favorite moment of the movie. Yes, yeah. me too. Yeah, because like that, and that and that is real. And Marla Ringwall, she speaks up. She's like, "No, we're probably not going to be friends," mm-hmm. you know, because you have to understand that I am in a certain group and a certain clique, and if you came up to me, I might, you know say hey you know but then talk about you a little bit you know uh, Emilio Estevez's character he's going to do the exact same thing and that's what that is and when when inevitably Judd, not Judd, uh, Emilia Estevez's character gets with uh, Ali Sheedy's character at the end after she won, 
changes herself. Right. You know, which, which I wasn't a big fan of. I was right. Not a fan yes. Of. And, yeah. And then, and then number number two is this is just one day. If you know they they kiss and and that's all fine. But mm-hmm. he is the best jock at his school, or that's how we're he's being looked at. Mm-hmm. You know, he is not gonna be seen with the girl who has no friends and isn't popular. He's not. He doesn't have that much growth. Mm-hmm. He has it for that movie. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the, the next day, no, that's not happening at all. <laughs> right. And. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, I I 100,000% agree with that because going through the movie, I'm like, oh, okay, cool, you know, re-watching it as an adult, right? Um, I was actually, I've always loved this movie, and it was something me and my mom always got excited to watch. It's just something I've seen at least a dozen times. But having watched it and seen that ending, I was just like, wow. So no one grew from this experience. No one. Like fucking, it, 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 was, it was almost disappointing, but it was also at the same time very real. So it was like, mm-hmm. it was a good ending because that's the reality of it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's just like, you guys went through all of this bullshit and really gained nothing out of it because Molly Ringwald still takes advantage of the brain yeah. to write the, the paper. Mm-hmm. The paper, uh, the brain is so eager to please yep. the cool people. Fucking on, Judd Nielsen. Going, that was one of my favorite scenes in it because they had already had the breakdown of what they all do mm-hmm. and then she com- she manipulates him mm-hmm. by she using by, by using her sex that like mm-hmm. by dressing up the thing, the things she says she doesn't do, mm-hmm. she uses the way that she she looks and her sex appeal to manipulate other people. She gets him to do it. Then she looks at Amelia Estevez and Ali Sheedy and they just give her a look for about five seconds. And then Ali Sheedy gives her a double take like, hmm? <laughs> like, what? You know, and then she decides to manipulate another person. You know, right. by, it was like, well, fuck. You know, it was exactly. just, yeah, I, I agree with you being, I mean, with her being your least favorite character yeah. in the movie. Oh, Molly, Molly. Here, here's an interesting thing I like about this movie. And maybe this is some misguided sense of optimism mm-hmm. that I carry. Uh, but like, Pardon me, while I was watching the movie and I see all of these characters kind of revert back to the behavior that they were at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, yeah, sure, they're they're reverting back. She's manipulating him. But I feel like they all learned something about themselves that day. Yeah, yeah. And and in my optimistic mind of this movie, at the end of the movie, maybe they don't hang out after school. Mm. But maybe they do change just a little bit. They learn a little bit about it. I mean, yeah. and they're teenagers. Yeah. yeah. So they're going to just like, you know, the pressures of teenagehood are going to get to them and and do all of that. But in my mind, that's the one day that they're going to remember out of their, you know, their high school school career. career, And then just go like, oh yeah, it was kind of a bitch when I did that. And then sort of become better people because of it. And, 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 and I just, I, I, I want, I think I would like John Nelson's character to like, he's still always kind of that rebel figure, that kind of like honored kiss persona. Mm. Um, But at the end of the movie, he kind of, you know, realizes that he does have a place he can fit in. And Mm -hmm. it just takes a little bit of effort for people to get it. Mm. Um, so that like, yeah, maybe maybe they promise. didn't change yeah. at all immediately. Yeah. Yeah. But I like to think that, and these characters felt so vivid that I like to think that they carried on with their lives, and and they yeah. did learn something about each other that day. Yeah, yeah, I think I think they learned something. Uh, but I was like, if I'm looking at the trajectory of mm-hmm. who's going to be where, and just looking at like the the context clues, mm-hmm. you know, from there. Um, Judd Nelson's character, they want you us to believe that he possibly just ends up like the janitor, mm-hmm. and the janitor is what Judd Nelson used to be. Right. You know, when when uh, the janitor explains like what he does on a day to day, he was like, "You guys, you know what? Let me be real with you. I go through your lockers. I mm-hmm. read your notes. I know everything that's going on in the school. I'm the eyes and the ears. You guys just don't even realize, you know, how big I am around here." Then they do a, a close up of Judd Nelson's character, and he kind of smiles, like mm-hmm. smirks for the first time. Was like, "All right, you know, I got a little respect <laughs> for you." Relates to him, yeah, yeah, and and it just it just shows 
includes like where his mind is. Like he sees this person as a powerful in charge person that he would want to be like, not mm-hmm. necessarily be a janitor, you know, but just the authority that he recognizes. Right. He doesn't recognize the man that's making, I make what, $31,000 a year, I own a house. Right. I mean, you know, this- I'm not gonna throw it all away. Exactly, yeah, he, gonna... he doesn't recognize this as a, a avenue to travel down, you know? So it's like by the time the movie ends, I don't see him like switching avenues to be able to work a nine to five type mm-hmm. thing. He may end up working with his hands. Like he's already, he can do good in, um, what is it, workshop shop or shop? Yeah. yeah, he can he can make lamps, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, I think he'll be able to survive here and there, but five years from now, just like the, the principal was, was saying, don't think it's going to be very great for him. Yeah, yeah. and but that's that's why I love Judd Nelson's character. Mm-hmm. I've always been attracted to that rebellious, very much know, rebellious. anarchist type of persona. Mm-hmm. Because those are the people that are, cons- at least Judd Nelson's character, like he's the one that's really concerned with authenticity yes. and the way everybody mm-hmm. interacts. Oh, yeah. And he calls the bullshit out. And yep. he's not afraid to be like, yeah, hey, you're kind of a bitch for doing that. Mm-hmm. And I love that about him because that's the persona, not the rebellious. Like I've always been a, like a like a small rebel. At, like I take pleasure in not following the stupid rules. Mm-hmm. And I make very specific choices as to like what rules I ignore for my own sanity. Mm-hmm. And I think that, uh, and I, I like honesty in conversation. I think yeah. John Nelson's character dictated that. Oh, yeah. And that's why he instigated everybody. And that's why he got on everybody's nerve because he saw behind the facade mm-hmm. and he wanted to like pry it out of him, you know, to like like be he, human for he, the first time. He even time. says that to Molly Ringwald. He yeah. was like, you're a bitch. He's like, because you recognize, you know, what's going on, but you don't have the balls to do something about it. Right. You know, because he was saying like, I recognize what's going on too, but I'm calling it out. You recognize what's going on, but you're, you don't have the balls to stand on your own and be able to accept this person because your group of friends won't accept that. It was like, so yeah, like I, I right. like his character. Yeah, yeah definitely. And, 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 I, and I, I absolutely genuinely love that in the writing because mm-hmm. it, it creates so many tiny heartwarming moments Mm-hmm. Uh, that are really quiet moments, but I think those are the moments that make the film for me. Like when, when everybody decides to go smoke the joint yeah. with him. Like that's a very tiny moment that happens in every person's close up, but it's played for big effect because that's really when the friendship starts to. Oh. Or, or, or the moment when they they uh, they all leave to go get the pot and right. they're on the run and um, Judd Nelson's character was like, oh, we, we need to go this way. The yeah. loner person says that and um, and Emilia Estevez was like, well, you can go off on your own. We're all going this way and they start to walk and Ali she and Ali Sheedy's character she looks back at him. She's like, come on, just be a part of the group. You know, she doesn't say it because she's not talking at this point in the movie, right. but she's just like slowly walking backwards, like, come on, come on. He was like, all right, we're all f- friends right now. We're all gonna go. I feel feel like I'm right in leading the group, but everybody else is going, so I'm gonna go right. they eventually go and lo and behold he was right yep. you know and then they get there and then he sacrifices himself for the, for the, the for the whole group yeah. you know so it's like at that point then it became like a real close bond between yes. them. And, and 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 i really like that facet of the movie i think yeah. it's a really great like ensemble casts are hard to write mm-hmm. yeah because every person has a character arc and you have to take that character arc through the end in a way that makes sense and they all have to be interconnected. It is not an easy thing to write. Not at all, no. But fuck me, the John Hughes got it right. I yeah. mean, it's just every, every character I felt had a satisfying arc, had a satisfying thing, had a satisfying emotion. Mm-hmm. And then they were hiding sort of their true personality mm-hmm. under the persona and facade that the school sort of claims them to be. And that's kind of like a typical thing of 80s movie where mm-hmm. there's people... Like they have a clique and they hide behind that clique and whatever. Right. And that's I mean, they identify them all by their their title: the right, brain, yeah. the princess, mm-hmm. the jock, the rebel, and the yeah. criminal. Yeah, yeah, and, and stuff the like basket that. case. Yeah. So. And <laughs> the basket. Who was the basket case? Alex Alex Chidi, yeah. Chidi, yeah. Um, and they, they even say something about it. it. Was like we're all pretty bizarre. Some of us just some of us are just better at hiding it. Right. You know, like everybody has that one thing. You know, so. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. It's it's a very human thing of yeah. like hiding behind a facade and the may, doing that in the writing of a film where you have one character whose facade is to not have a facade. Mm. Um, it's amazing how like those moments of honesty and authenticity you can drag out of these performances. Um, like the the moment when they're all sitting, at, uh, you know, on the root on the stairs on the second floor, mm-hmm. and they're talking about we're not gonna be friends after this. Yeah. Right? Like that whole like what fifteen minute yeah um, yeah it was like a tearjerker scene moment. yeah. yeah. And Brian starts crying. Yeah. Uh, and then. Oh, because he he admitted like out of all of them, he had the heaviest one. He yeah, was going to yeah. commit suicide. Yeah, with the flare gun. Yeah, with the fucking yeah. flare gun. Uh, and then everybody starts <laughs> laughing. Starts laughing like with the flare gun guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with the flare gun. Which, by the way, did you notice? There's actually some Easter eggs throughout the entire movie, mm. and like in the big, in the opening scenes, they kind of tell you what everyone is in there for. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, like I, well, I mean, obviously Judd Nielsen's character, the rebel, yeah. he just has. Like the guillotine and mm-hmm. the, all that crazy shit yep. in his locker, <laughs> um, and then there's like a there's a scene where it is a locker that's like dripping with burnt shit coming mm-hmm. out. Oh yeah, and you know yeah. you remember Brian says that the way he got caught was because the flare gun went, off, went off in his fucking locker, yep. and I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Which another really cool one for mm-hmm. Brian is that his parents' car, the driver's license plate, mm-hmm. says EMC two, which is that's a nice touch. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Is this the first time or the last time you're going to be going to detention? <laughs> last time. Are right, you better act like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had the little sister in the background backing it up. If I feel like anybody was um, was going to really change afterwards, like I was saying with Ali Sheedy and uh, Milia Estevez, don't see them like being a couple or anything mm-hmm. after, the, uh, after the movie was over, like in high school. But I do see him as the most uh, empathetic character of anybody yep. when um, he describes what he's in there for, for uh, taping mm-hmm. somebody's butt together. No, yeah. they're buns. They're buns, I'm sorry. <laughs> Very specifically. Yes. You know, they're, they're buns together. Um, like he describes like, he puts himself in that that person's shoes and yeah. like uh, how emasculating it has to be for him to talk to his father about what happened to him. Right. You know, so it's like I can see him whenever it's over when uh, Alice Sheedy's character comes up to him. You know, he might say something to her and then she walks off, but he's not going to down her to, in front of the group, you mm-hmm. know, like he would have did previously. Right. So yeah. Like, you know. um, I, I really did feel like he had the most solid arc mm-hmm. out of all of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was just a good redemption. I mean, he I feel like he started trying to grow from the beginning because like when he and um alishidi's character Mm -hmm. went to go get the drinks like i mean he was trying to get to know her like he was pulling information out of her and i think that they did a really good job with his character development Mm -hmm. in terms of him just being the most empathic out of all of them yeah i agree uh i I think that judd nelson also had a really interesting character because he didn't really change in terms of like personality i don't think that was the point of his character right i don't think so either um, but what he did learn is that he, he sort of found a little click that he fit in yeah. a lot easier than other words. Or at least thought, he knows that it's possible for him to fit in somewhere. Right, which means a lot for a character like like that, for yeah. John Nelson's character. Um, I really, like Claire's character, I really enjoyed her. Mm. I She was kind of a vapid and hard character Very to much, relate to. Yeah. But I really enjoyed her because she was, you know, at the end of it, I feel like she was a nice person, mm. just caught up in all the vapidness of her parents and her click. Mm. And like if she didn't have that, she'd be cool. Okay. Um, so I I, I can kind of like I, I love that character because I could see the societal pressures yeah. that sort of instigated her to be the person that she is. Yeah. And I, I like to think that she got rid of them at the end of the movie. 
Um, mm. like at some time at the end of the movie, I like to think that she did. Probably not. Pro- like as a, as a thirty year old, maybe. Like yeah. I, th- I think it would take her escaping like high school and then doing that again in college, and then once she's out on her own, then maybe. But she seems very much like a follower. Like yeah. even when called out by Judd, even when they had the conversation later, she's just like, "No, we're not going to be friends." Right. You know, because she's not able to, mm-hmm. you know, be able to stand on her own. You know, just yet. Mm-hmm. Like she accepts the pressure and was like, "No, I, I see the pressure. I recognize it, and I'm going to go with the flow because that's a lot easier." than being out here on my own and not having any friends like Ali Sheedy. Mm-hmm. And Ali Sheedy's character, she was like, well, I don't have any friends, but if I did, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't mind me being friends with you right. because the kind of friends I would have, they would be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then Brian goes like, so you mean that us weirdos, we're the better people here? Exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like, I, I don't see um, uh, Claire being that kind of person just yet, but eventually, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, another thing that I want to talk about is, is kind of like, they're five separate characters, but they're five separate characters that represent a very specific part mm. of a whole person. Yeah. Which I think is kind of why the ensemble yes. cast works so well. Yeah. Because you can, even if you relate to one of them more than the other, mm. they're all parts of you yeah. mm-hmm. in, a, in a weird way. Like yep. uh, every societal pressure that you would so feel, whole. that they were feeling, it's all there and you can relate to all of them. Oh, yeah. And I think that's why the movie is so relatable yeah. and became an instant sort of lovable movie mm-hmm. yeah. um, because no matter who you are you yeah. can find a little bit of a little bit of you in John Nelson and, and Emilio's character and, and all of them and you can sort of identify the parts of you that you really wouldn't like to have right. not only the differences between them mm-hmm. were so is what makes this movie so great but it's what um, all of them have in common is what right. makes them so great mm-hmm. and why it, it spoke so well to the generation in the 80s, mm-hmm. the teenage generation in the 80s and the teenage generation moving forward to now, mm-hmm. right? Is that like a common theme amongst all of them, especially when they were all talking in circles, that the the biggest pressures that they feel are from yes. their parents mm-hmm. right. or the least, like yeah. the, or rather how their parents' perspective of them mm-hmm. dictates how they feel about themselves. Yeah. Like it, it, I, I, that resonates so, so, so much for me and I'm sure so many different people. And I think that that was, um, you know, depicted really, really well. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know. It was just really cool to watch it again and be like, oh my God, this is why I love it. This is like the yeah, real reason why up. I love this shit. Yeah. It hits home. It hits some sort of authentic part of like the human truth. It definitely like, Pretending to be something that you're not for the sake of fitting in somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it really, really hammers on that. And, and, I love, and the movie's fucking hilarious. There's, yeah. Speaking yeah. of, there's some of the dialogue, the classic dialogue that everybody remembers that have seen it before. Is um, <laughs> he's like, that's another one right, that's another one right there. <laughs> I got you for the rest for your natural born life. You know, you want another one? Yes, you got it. You got another one right there. That's another one, pal. And then she's like, cut it out. You through? Not even close, bud. Good, you got one more right there. You really think I give a shit? Another one. You through? How many is that? Uh, that's seven, including when we first came in, <laughs> and you asked, and Mrs. Vernon was Mr. Uh, Bernie Manilow in the closet. We was like, now that's eight. You stay out of this. No, it was it's seven. seven. <laughs> <laughs> for the next two months. <laughs> like, I mean, that's just classic dialogue that, yeah, you are I fucking seen. hated that finger thing that mm. Mr. Vernon oh, yeah. was yeah. doing. Mm. It was just, uh, every time he did it, I wanted to, like, reach through the screen and just break his fucking fingers. Yeah. It was just... Did you... Completely unrelated, and this is this adds nothing to the discussion. But the principal, I forgot the dude's name, the actor. Uh, Paul something. Uh, I think. Paul something. Didn't yeah. he look like a bootleg Dustin Hoffman the entire movie? Dustin Hoffman? Yeah. He looked <laughs> like, like a, he looked like a Dollar Valley Dustin Hoffman the entire movie. I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. <laughs> Maybe he's got that weird sort of Dustin Hoffman face with the not so pretty face. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? I like, think 
you just are suffering from white people look alike. So <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest here. You might be right. I suffer from this myself. So. Yeah. <laughs> we all do. It's okay. Well, at first, I thought it was Dustin Hoffman. I was mm-hmm. just like, is that fucking? It's like, nope, just a dollar value version of him. It's like I, I understand you yeah. may. I don't. I don't see that, but you know. I definitely love this movie, and I I would recommend it to. Um, anybody, but I did want to touch upon some of the problematic things. Oh yeah, so many of them. That this movie kind of like I don't know, perpetuated, right? Mm-hmm. So hold on. So you saying you're saying that you can love a movie and also recognize that there's problems with it? Yeah. Get out of town. Oh my god, <laughs> oh my god I know, right? It's, it's fucking unbelievable. <laughs> Look, trust me. But you know what's crazy though is that mm-hmm. people will give you shit for loving something that's problematic as well. I, yes, fucking I mean, that's yeah. because and someone said this the best. I was like listening to something on YouTube where it's like this: we are at the peak of the outrage generation. Yes. Like we are the outrage generation, mm-hmm. and you know that in in ways that's good and ways that's bad. But yeah. tying it back to the movie, so like. Mm-hmm. Um, Whenever, you know, we prep for a movie, I also like to, you know, Google, like, shit outside of it, mm-hmm. see, you know, if anyone's talking about it, still Definitely. different stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, recently, Molly Ringwald has, you know... Um, spoken out against this movie is like, hey, I love this movie, but there are definitely things wrong with it. It's overtly white mm-hmm. for one, mm-hmm. um, and for another, I mean, it perpetuates rape culture. Like from the very beginning, you get in the you get in there. Judd Nielsen walks in. One of the first things he says to get a rise out of Claire is like, hey, why don't we close those doors and impregnate the princess? Yeah. 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 No, it's fucked up. Yeah. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> there was like every interaction that Judd had with any of the two girls yeah. that involved any kind of sex mm. or sexual innuendos or yeah. whatever. I was immediately in my shirt going like, no, we gotta. Then when she had a food, we gotta stop. He was like, what's that? She's like, sushi. She's like, sushi. She's like, yeah, uh, rice, raw fish, and seaweed. It was like, you don't accept a guy's tongue in your mouth, but you're going to eat that? She was like, can I eat? And he's like, I don't know. Give it a try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, he was like, everything is just sexual. Everything. You know? Which, okay, I feel like they did way too much with fucking Molly Ringwald's lunch. Mm. And she had the little fucking table, mm. and then she had the little bento box, mm. and then she had her little dish for her soy. So I was just like, this bitch. Really? She I mean, is really? that bitch. She is. I mean, when they show her with her her dad in the car, it was like, this is kind of who she is. Yeah. You know, I can't believe you couldn't get me out of detention. Like, yeah. I wonder, like, fuck. She's like that kind of privileged person. Yeah. I wanted to hate the shit out of her, but I ended up really liking her. Yeah. And I, I don't know what happened, yeah. but so, I really enjoy liking her. I dislike her character, yeah. but I can't say that I wish she wasn't in the movie because yeah. she was definitely useful for Necessary. the story. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. You know? That's another thing. Like, no one feels superfluous in the story. Like, people feel more or less important than mm-hmm. other characters. Yeah. But none of them feel like they shouldn't have been in that movie. Yeah. Uh, and I really, really like that. It's economical with its characters. Yep. There's like really six characters if you exclude the, the parents that show up for like yeah. 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, but Even that's like down six to the characters. janitor, though. Even down to the janitor, dude, he did a really good job. Of right, yeah. He did. Like every character was there and needed to be there. Mm-hmm. And every line of dialogue they had made sense for yep. it to be in the movie. And every line of dialogue did something to push the characters forward. And the cinematography, I feel like, not a lot. Uh, a lot of directors kind of just do coverage, uh, and I don't know what John Hughes' working style is. Maybe he just does get coverage, but the choices that he made at which to put on screen for me made a lot of sense mm-hmm. because it's a lot of sort of wides and mediums, but the close-ups are reserved for really dramatic, poignant scenes like mm-hmm. the the first confrontation with uh, Judd Nelson and the principal. Mm-hmm. That was the first set of close-ups that really were there that were like yeah. close on the face 
And then, and then that moment when they're being emotional to each other and opening up, that was another round of close-ups. But other than that, and the close-ups of the principal and John and Judd Nelson mm. in that little storage room or whatever, yeah. there's not that very many close-ups. Mm. He really reserved them from the points where the character interaction hit its peak of confrontation. Mm. And I really, really appreciated that. Yep. Because a lot of directors would just shoot a scene and they get coverage, 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 and they close in, close in, close, close, close in. Close, 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 and then they close in, they, they cut back to wide, and they just kind of reset that momentum. Mm. But uh, John Hughes, every single time he closed in, he did it specifically with mm-hmm. and with a purpose. Yep. And I really, really appreciate that kind of restraint mm-hmm. on a director because it doesn't happen very often. And it's a skill that's hard to practice. Like, yeah. in, in, even in film, even when I shoot coverage for a mm-hmm. scene, sometimes I'm like, why the fuck did I get five close-ups for that? I just needed the wipe. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's that's an important thing to to acknowledge in this movie. Like, the mm-hmm. fact that the cinematography was simple. Yep. It had every cut had motivation, mm-hmm. and every close up was purposefully purposeful. put there mm-hmm. to advance the tension of the scene. Yep. And I, I fucking loved it. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Ferris Bueller Days Off does this exact same thing yeah. too. You love that shit, man. Say that again. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Does really? Matthew Broderick. Yeah. A lot of John Hughes original, like his early stuff, his yeah. classic mm-hmm. stuff. Like you should. I, I highly recommend watching um, Ferris Bueller, uh, Sixteen Candles, Pretty in Pink, like, and all of them except for Ferris Bueller has Molly Ringwald in them. Nice. So yeah, I'm a band but um, and and she's like she's definitely typecasted, yeah. for sure. Um, but she's typecasted because she does it well. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, if I highly recommend that you. Go into his filmography. Go into his filmography for sure. Lauren, did you ever see a movie called Weird Science? Weird Science, yes. I have. It's so good. No, you don't understand. So, like, my mom, being a relic of the 80s, Mm. you know, never left the 80s. And so that's why I just, I, I. no, have little nuggets just of wisdom of that that's era. Awesome. They yeah. made a spinoff television show called Weird yeah, Science. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I mean, it was very cheesy and corny, but I loved it. I mean, so, yeah. Did you know that they were they were they had um, a remake? I'm sorry, they had a remake of Breakfast, The Breakfast Club, um, mm. on the table for a while, but then. Um, I don't think it's actually going to get produced or anything yeah, like that. I don't want to see that. Don't want to see that. Nope. Yeah. I think yeah. this is a, this is one of those movies that really just works the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. John 100%. Hughes isn't like a sequel person. No. Yeah. no. Hell no. Mm. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, do you guys have anything else to add for the movie? Yeah. Um, yeah. Despite the problematic, you know, um, dialogue uh, throughout the movie, and the he's rape, also the yeah the rape stuff and um, the usage of words like fag and stuff like that. Mm. Um, Which I'm not gonna lie, I, they every time they said the word faggot, I mm. laughed really hard. They use it really well, right? So, like it's I really mean, funny every time they use it, right? And you have to yeah. also understand too, like this movie was made in the '80s, yeah. so yeah. W- it, what was expected or what you see in films back then is a lot different than now sure. what we have to consider to put in films yeah. today. And, and it's right? also a representation of society at the time too. Exactly. Like I'm listening to the principal. I'm like, yes, they could talk to us like that. Like I'm in school and in a day where you could get hit by your teachers and mm-hmm. it's legally okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like that. Try that the, now the, the, and a no. parent will fucking sue you yeah, to like the no, ground. You're not getting you know I mean? hit by no and teachers in school. Honestly, I really feel like that's why these younger generations have so a, a lot more behavioral problems because my boyfriend's dad is a cop and he's mm-hmm. saying that oh, he's been a cop for 20 years okay yeah. and he says that the most recent generation is the worst uh has the worst crime rates youth crime rates he's mm. ever seen and i really think it's because like we coddle kids too much now so yeah definitely a good Maybe representation so. of um yeah. Yeah. Society society. So the, the part, part of me hears that and just goes like 
we just don't give a shit about the stupid rules. And part, part mm-hmm. of it is like that small part of me that wants and to be wants like, to rebel. Anarchist. And, yeah. It's like, fuck you. That's not the, the way it works. Mm-hmm. You just have shitty rules. Fix them. <laughs> but sure, you, you might be right. Just, I mean, I think my, we're all a little bit yeah. right in, in some yeah. ways, right. you know. Just my my own internal defensiveness. Just yeah. Like well, good true. thing is that there's no yeah. absolute truth, so. That's true. No, yeah, yeah. Got to decide your own truth. Yeah. 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 So. Cool. Fuck yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, would you, what would you rate this movie? Uh, 8.5. 8.5? Mm-hmm. Same. I think same. Mm-hmm. That, is a, that is an unanimous 8.5. 8.5. Yeah. Um, I really, really love the writing. I really, really love how the direction um, complemented the writing. Yeah. Uh, I, and I really love the, like, the, the, just the synergy with all the characters. Very much. And it was a phenomenal fucking like eighties movie, yeah. Yeah. which is something that I don't. I think I feel like my track record with eighties movies is like been, two for ten or something. Like yeah. That. yeah, so I don't really like eighties movies a lot. <laughs> and this just you should have hung out with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking nailed it. You yeah. know, yeah. It's, it's, apart from like the eighties action movies, I think yeah. this is probably one of my favorite eighties movies. Nice. Uh, I mean, it's oh. all the way up there. It's very good. Fucking fuck yeah, John Hughes, you did that shit. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess we're going to cut and talk about television <laughs> and movie premieres. I'm always yeah. hoping that one day, like, you'll yeah. just be able to, you know, transition into so it smoothly, smoothly, but... It's <laughs> been two years, Lauren. It's not going to happen. I know. Two years <laughs> and you're still working on it. You have too okay. much faith in me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've established that that's the norm. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah. God. <laughs> uh, television and movie premieres, I really, really have to pee. So, we're on the cut. Welcome back. Uh, television and movie premieres. All right. Uh, television and movie premieres uh, this week from Tuesday, May the 29th through Monday, June the 4th. Uh, the first one's Tuesday, May the 29th. is going to be Arrested Development. It's coming back again. Coming back. Say, like, yeah. how many times is it going to come back? They, were, they retired, then came back, and then they retired, and now they're back. It's a Family again. Guy sitcoms. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. I was about to say, isn't that what <laughs> Family Guy did? Wait, so is it. Only coming back on Netflix, like, the second yep. time it did yep. come back? Okay. It says, uh, the entire cast is on hand for each of the episodes. Half of the season streams today, Tuesday, May the 29th. The other eight episodes will be coming at a later date. This is something that Netflix is doing that's really getting on my my, uh, my ass right now. I don't like it at all. <laughs> Releasing, like, staggered? Yeah, like, it's like they're, they're doing, like, as if they're television. Right. How they'll have, like, Walking Dead, here's eight episodes, and we're going to have a mid-season hiatus. Mm-hmm. And they'll do that with shows. And now Netflix is doing that just so you can't binge everything at once. Mm-hmm. They was like, okay, here's eight episodes and then we'll go away for four months and then you'll have to keep checking in to see if it's back yet yep. like no fuck that i don't, I don't like that but, i think um, uh i think it, it 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 would make sense to me if they did that if they were on some kind of tight production schedule mm-hmm. where they just finish eight episodes yeah. and then just go like all right drop those yeah. and then finish editing the other eight but maybe not. that's the case <laughs> but if that's the case mm-hmm. you literally own the platform just edit all eight. Yeah. Just L sixteen and then drop. L sixteen. There it goes. Yeah. No. I don't know. I mean, I feel like that bothers me a little bit less, but I, I I've been conditioned by anime to kind of accept that kind of release. This is true. Because mm. an, that anime is like fucking notorious for that kind of shit. I don't like it. You got a hiatus like crazy. Don't yeah. like it. Dragon at Ball all. Super went on a hiatus for like fucking hell yeah six weeks. Seven mean, weeks? Dragon Ball definitely does that. Yeah. They're definitely gonna do it. Um. Anyway, yeah. I, I don't like it. You know, I don't it, like it either. It's like you'll do the same thing. It was like, all right, I'm just gonna wait until a good portion of it is done, and then I'm gonna go watch. <laughs> That's Bakuno like, Hero Academia. Yeah. Uh, that has got like eight episodes. I'm waiting for thirteen. See, yeah. Thirteen episodes. Yeah. Then I'll binge watch it. No, see, I get it. I definitely yeah. get it. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I mean yeah. that's real shit. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Arrested Development is coming back Tuesday, May the 29th. Uh, um, the next thing, same day, Love Connection. 
It's gonna be on Fox at 9 p.m. Love connection, anybody? No, I wanted I wanted to say no. one last thing oh, about no. Arrested Development. No. Uh, given the controversy that the show just released, mm. we are pointing out that the show is coming back, mm. but don't assume that as us supporting anything. It's just coming out. We're just selling you. <laughs> okay. I don't. I think. Cause like people are like I I'm just I'm just saying like Arrested Development came out. I just had the controversy about mm-hmm. Jessica Walter, mm-hmm. the thing that happened. I don't care right. <laughs> about the show, and I really disdain everything that the cast did. But mm. if you want to support the show, that's, that's your yeah, that's, yeah. and it's there. I think it's kind of yeah. I think it's understood with like an unspoken understanding with uh, the FFS yeah. listeners yeah. that like anything um, said or anything done outside of the show is mm. not a reflection of what the show's beliefs are. Like, you know, yeah. that disclaimer like that a lot of like yeah. things have to have mm. now just yeah. to cover their ass. Yeah. Like going to, going to take that disclaimer and I'm going to like put it, transcribe it and put it at the top of oh, the description. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> now you're conforming. <laughs> I just wanted to make that clear. Cause I'm really not into supporting the show after all that debacle. Mm. I've never watched it anyway, so. so I just wanted to. Be. No, it was it was very funny. The first four yeah. seasons were hilarious. The first season was hilarious. I watched you know, the first season. First four, I loved. Uh, yeah. The fifth season, they didn't have everybody there, so they shot like uh, one. When, uh, what's the guy? Anthony Jason Jason Bateman. Mm-hmm. They shot oh, Jason, Jason Bateman. Bateman. They shot his episode all by himself, and then they shot um, Portia DeRossi all by herself. So, so they didn't even have the cast all together. Yeah. yeah, it was just one by one. Question: mm-hmm. Jason Bateman during that whole mm-hmm. conversation. Was he one of the he men was kind of, that was, was yeah, trying was kind of to defend? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, he was, uh, uh, from what I read in the article, he was like one of the most defensive about the the director or oh, wow. the most defensive about the director. Oh, that's yeah. sickening. Yeah. Yeah. Which is rough. Which is rough. Because oh, yeah. yeah. I, I like Jason Bateman. Me too. Yeah. You know, Ozark is good. But that's why yeah. he was cast into a shitty movie recently. <laughs> what, so. what, what movie? What movie? Isn't it that, that game, game movie? Night? Game, game Night? night? Yeah. Oh, I think so. Not watching that. Hell no. Oh, Tag. Are you talking about Tag? No, that's, uh, that's Jeremy Reiner. Oh, Jeremy Reiner. Yeah, he's, he's oh, in that. Oh, Jeremy Reiner, yeah. Which I kind of want to see that movie. Uh, I don't know if I'll see it in theaters, but I'll definitely. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but Love Connection is coming back on the same day, Tuesday, I don't know what 29th. that is. What the fuck is that? Is uh, that was, a dating game? Yeah, it was a dating show, game show that came out in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, is that what, one where the person sits on the stool and on the other side of the wall, there's three different people um, and you like... Nah, that's, um, that is the honey, not honeymooners, the, the dating game oh, okay. or something oh. like that. Or oh, the newlywed one. game. I'm sorry, that's the newlywed game or the dating game. Okay. Uh, they do that. Or um, Simpatico. There's a lot of games where they do that, but not yeah. this one. Oh, okay, so, okay, not this one. So, so on this particular one, from that late 80s, early 90s, I had a guy named Chuck Worry, and he would bring out a guy or a girl, and they would sit beside him, and then they would talk about, you know, dating, Then they would bring three different women up. Like, here is Shirley from um, from Detroit, Michigan. She enjoys long walks on the beach. She has lots of puppies, cats, and animals, and yada, yada, yada. And then they would put her her run down next, and and that's the sound of a typewriter typing up all of her stats underneath it. Okay. And then next, and then they bring up two other women, and then and then he has to make a choice. He was like, "All right, so you've had a, you, you've gotten to see the rundown of all three of these women. Which woman do you, what woman do you choose?" And then he was like, "Um." And then the crowd was like, "One, pick girl number two, pick girl number three. And then he was like, "Uh, oh, I'm gonna go. I'll cho- I chose girl number one." And then it was like, "All right, so we already knew that you made the choice for girl number one. So uh, we sent you out on a paid date to go out with um with lady number one." So, and just when we come back, you're going to tell us how your date went with lady number one. We'll be back in two and two. 
They go to commercial, then they come back, and then the ladies up on screen, and then they start talking about it and everything. And like ninety percent of the time, it it's is a terrible date. Yep. It's terrible. But if, it, um, yeah, a lot of the time. But if they make a love connection, then she comes back from behind the um, the audience thing or whatever, and comes to sit down and they talk or whatever. But a lot of the time, it's not good. Nah. But if they don't make a love connection, if, if it is a love connection, they'll pay for you to go on another date with the same person. All expenses paid. If not, then you can choose from the other two girls that you dismissed earlier if they are willing to still go on a date with you after you chose someone else. That is everything <laughs> that I am anxious about in dating, <laughs> televised and sold to people. Oh, if I watched yeah. that show, my, you could put a piece of coal in my ass and mm-hmm. it would come out as a diamond and I'd be so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is that? It's so crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. Like, I, I assume they're going to have to change the format a little bit no. this time, but I used to uh, love that show as a kid. No, oh what God. the <laughs> fuck? Yeah. Have you guys seen the dating um, show that on YouTube where it people will, or I think it's actually on Facebook, where people will exchange phones mm. and oh. look through each other's phones? Oh, my God. No. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. I feel like that's a little mm-hmm. bit more provocative, yes, and um, yeah. certainly... It, I've watched a few and I'm just like, how the no, fuck? And then you, some some of these people still leave this show with almost no dignity because yeah. they're still, all the fucked up shit they see in the phones, it still yeah. doesn't like affect them. But yeah. I, I don't trust them to dig through my phone correctly. Like me and Brian talked about it before. It's like, if you get, <laughs> if you see like where my browser is right now, nah. then like, don't just look at that and judge me. Like scroll back and see how I got there. You know, because I can immediately go to that terrible thing. <laughs> Scroll back. <laughs> Context matters, motherfucker. How did I like? I went. I, I went through a number of steps to get to that point. I didn't just start there. You know? So I was like, I don't want to be judged just off that. So that's my problem. That's <laughs> so to judge me, you have to go to Reddit, Twitter, and Tumblr, and Tumblr. all through them for like at least half an hour each, so you mm. understand my mindset when yeah. I'm looking at these things. Yeah. You understand when I fell into the trap of that weird thing that you're like, yeah. fuck this guy for? Tits and Fruit Loops. Yeah. You guys, loops. yeah, you guys, I remember you guys talked about that on one of your episodes with yeah. Sam Get Out. It was the Get Out oh, episode. Nice. Yeah. yeah, and I was just like, what the fuck? I learned way too much about Brian <laughs> yeah. and his Tumblr in that moment. That was good. Cool. I gotta be very honest with you. I have no idea what you're talking I about. Know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I nodded my head and I just went like, "Sure, I said that." No idea what tits and fruit. Just means. know that if anybody approaches you about anything, yeah. just it, you might as well just tell them the truth because you probably said it on the podcast. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I know. I I, I know that if if they said I said it, I probably said it. There it goes. <laughs> All right, but that's that's a uh, Tuesday, okay. May the 29th. Uh, the next thing is gonna be May uh, the 30th, that Wednesday. The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. It's uh, canceled oh, yeah. this season. This is the last season they're going to be bummer. doing. But yeah, uh, season I mean, four. Is it really a bummer? I don't know. I never watched it. I mean, some people watch it. Yeah. I recently yeah. found out what that show is about yeah. and watched the first episode. It was kind of fucking painful for me to sit through. But mm. apparently, so Kimmy Schmidt and like a couple other women yeah, in were bunker. in a bunker yeah. under the pretense that they were the survivors of the apocalypse. Mm. And and it was like they were in there for years. years and then yeah. eventually they fucking come out. Yep. And I was like two episodes. Out of water. Yeah. Yeah. I was like two episodes, and I was just like, eh, it's all right. Yeah. It's like the the black gay guy was funny sometimes. Yeah, he could sing really well too. Uh, yeah, he could sing really well. Well, he was on Broadway, was he not? Mm-hmm, he yeah. was. Mm-hmm. I, what, I forget his name. Yeah. Oh, I'm not oh. gonna go think of his name. No. But yeah, that's uh, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. So that's this will be the last season, season four. And they'll be doing the same thing that uh, Arrested Development is doing. They're splitting it in half. Six episodes now, six episodes later. Okay. Yeah, cockfish. Just finish the show. Yeah. Just finish editing it. Yeah. Put it out. The, uh, the last show of the week is going to be Saturday, June the 2nd. George Michael's Lonely Life. 
It's George a documentary Michael's on Michael's Reels at 9 p.m. George Michael's like, like, na, 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 like yeah. Careless oh, Whisper, George yeah, that's, Michael's? That's, yeah, yeah. Careless okay. Whisper. Didn't he die recently? Yeah, I believe so. That's one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, Lonely Life is, yeah. was he okay? <laughs> No, <laughs> no, he's not here at all. I mean, because like, no. so I mean, he was um, openly gay at well, the time. Well, well, where... well, closeted gay at first. At oh, yeah, first, yeah. you know, yeah. when he was with Wham. When um, him and the guy with Wham, when they were together, he was closeted gay. Then he came out as openly gay, like yeah. one of the first people. I'm sorry, well, but, yeah, yeah, exactly. One of the first people yeah. to come out as openly gay. Yeah. Well, not first people, but like you know, who's yeah, of some clout. Yeah. yeah, that and he suffered a lot of, um, you know, discrimination, discrimination of because of that and. I mean, just imagine being in the closet, it's already lonely, and then mm. coming out to a community that's, you know, you feel a lot of love from because they're your fans, and right. then, like, more than half of them, you know, judging you for being now your true self. Right. Like, yeah. he's pretty much just live a life of loneliness perpetually. I'm so sorry. I guess yeah. he never danced again. <laughs> <laughs> That is such a sad like, song, too. Get the too. fuck out. <laughs> yeah. really I'm kicking sense. you out of your own studio. <laughs> you know what? Understandably so. Chris, continue the show. Yeah. And you can do it without me. I mean, yeah. But yeah. Like, seriously, like, Kills Whisper and, uh, you know, Never Gonna Dance Again, like, that is so sad. It like, is a sad that, fucking song. Guilty feet have got no rhythm. You know, so it's like he's with a person and then he cheats on that person. It was like, well, I'm never gonna be able to dance again because now I fucked you over and I feel so bad about myself oh, that I'll never be able to dance again. <laughs> Yeah, never again. Even the same thing with like um, with freedom. That song right there was just like he hadn't come out yet as, yeah. as gay yet. But and I didn't recognize you. Just freedom, be what I wanna be. Freedom. freedom. And I'm right. listening to that, and I'm like, I don't understand that. You know that this man is living a life that I don't understand until le- years and years later. I'm like, oh shit. All of his songs, you know, he was screaming. You know what he is. You know mm-hmm. what, what he's about. And I'm like, well, I don't didn't get it. You know, but. He was a great, he did the great song artist. He's a great Africa too, or some shit like What's that. What song? Right? That was uh, that was Toto. Yeah. Oh, Toto. Okay. No, that's a great one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, that that's George Michael's lonely life. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, but that's it for television. Uh, for movies, we have two movies. Uh, one is Action Point. Uh, it's rated R, 85 minutes, and it's a comedy. A daredevil designs and operates his own theme park with his friends. Oh, yeah. This is uh, bloody Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville. Oh, movie, I yeah. saw the trailer for that, yeah. yeah. The director is Tim Kirkby and uh, stars Johnny Knoxville. Um, so you, it's going to be Jack Ash shenanigans. So, yeah. I, mean, I got to be honest with you. I, I, I don't care. I've never cared. I'm like over it now at this yeah. point. The shock value is left. It, mm. it has yeah. left. I like the first Jackass. I mean, the yeah, first, yeah, I mean, like, right. the first three movies were good. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can never get in. I can never get into like real pain yeah. as funny for the most part. You know, sometimes me, but I don't know. Okay. I was like, I was like fourteen when I first saw them, so maybe that's me why. too. I was young too. Yeah. It was like I don't know, but yeah, like I mean, they were hits. They were huge they were hits. Huge I mean, yeah. MTV mm. that shit was. We would like was watching watch it. them in the hockey on long ass bus trips and mm. stuff yeah. like that. On. Like we, we would see it like um like when when they had Jackass on MTV when they first started mm-hmm. it and as a fourteen year old like still we're just like that, white people like what the fuck you ain't never gonna see no black people doing no shit like this <laughs> so it's like that's as far as we got into it like knew that there was crazy white people shit you on TV yeah. that we weren't really watching You're right you know you I've never seen ain't nobody but white people doing that yeah, what do you right. mean? I've never seen that <laughs> WPS all the fucking way mm-hmm. yeah white, white people, people shit white yeah. people shit yeah, yeah. stuff shit yeah it is. Fair enough. But that, I mean, but yeah, it's entertaining for I'm a large group. It's, uh, but that's <laughs> Action Point. It's a comedy, and I'm sure it's going to be hilarious as long as you're into like slapstick, yeah. Johnny Knoxville type of stuff. Yeah. So um, that's that. Uh, the next thing coming out, uh, Brian, he's been talking this one up pretty good. Yeah. It's called Upgrade. All right, listen. 
Hmm? I've been talking it up good. I'm just excited for it. I mean, all right. Just, all right. <laughs> okay. There's a difference. Okay. Yeah, the trailer yeah, yeah. looks fun. Okay. And I want it to be a good movie. All right. But I don't know because I've never about? seen anybody like it. Any, I, uh, it's, it. it's a rated R movie. It's a 95 <laughs> minute runtime listed as an action comedy horror sci fi thriller. Uh, set in the near future. Over the first two action comedy. Okay. Action comedy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, set in the near future, technology controls nearly all aspects of life. But when Gray, a self-identified technophobe, has his world turned upside down, his only hope for revenge is an experimental computer chip implant called STEM. Yep, I think uh, STEM. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the movie looks really fun. It's it's a it's a sort of conceptual horror action thing. Yeah. And like the okay. computer, uh, someone kills his wife in the trailer. Someone kills his wife. And then he gets paralyzed. They make him able to walk. Mm. And then he has this sort of vendetta against the people that killed his wife. And then he realizes that the um, he gets attacked as he breaks into a house, gets attacked. And then the ship actually is like an AI that can take control of body functions. And the AI goes like, hey, let me defend you because we can die. Yeah. And the guy goes like, sure. And the computer just kicks everyone's ass. <laughs> and it's, but like, what looks really fun about it is the cinematography. They're nice. doing really fun things with like the way that he moves and he looks kind of robotic. Yeah. And the action scenes look very funny yeah. in a way, hence the action comedy, which I'm excited because I don't get a lot of action comedy okay. in my life. I fucking love action comedy. Yeah, same. Um, so I, I don't know. It's, it sounded good. And I want to, I want to, I want to give it some. Some shout outs. Yeah. But I wanna keep respectfully keep my distance in case it sucks major cut. <laughs> so just in case. Just in case. It's yeah, not. after the suicide squad <laughs> thing, yeah. I'm sure. I'm gonna hitch my bets here a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, a couple ships in, yeah. but I'm gonna keep most of my stack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fair enough. Yeah. But it, it looks really fun, and I'm excited for it. When does nice. uh, Sorry to Bother You come out? Because I want to see that. Is that already out? I don't no, believe I so. so. Yeah, I don't okay. think that comes out till like, August or so. Yeah. Because yeah. I am totally riding Ladarius's dick. Yeah. Hardcore. <laughs> or Lakeith. Yeah, Ladarius Lakeith. Yeah. No, his name is Darius. Oh, Atlanta. Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Lakeith yeah. Stanfield. He's I'm totally really riding good. his dick. Yeah, yeah, I love him. He's really good. I'm excited for that movie. I'm excited for Upgrade. The, mm. Have you seen the trailers for the new Muppet movie? Yes. That looks really fun. Yeah, it is. Surprisingly. Yeah. Uh, There's a new Muppet movie? Yep. Yeah, but it's like Muppets, like, like... The grown-up like version. Dark humor Right, Muppet. yeah. Because yeah, is it supposed to stem off of the, the failed TV show? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Because I didn't know there was a TV show. There was a, there was, <laughs> so, there was a point where I think it was like... It was ABC, NBC. Uh, probably ABC, I would assume. ABC. They tried to do a sort of like sitcom with the Muppets, yeah. and it was like very adult. Crash and burn. Oh. And it was horrendous. Yeah. It quick. lasted all of like, they. Didn't, I don't Didn't even think they made season. it through a full season. No. Mm. Yeah. Damn, that sucks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it looks really, I think Melissa McCarthy is oh. in it again. Okay. Which is weird, because there's now two movies with Melissa McCarthy that I'm kind of oh, championing. Oh, yeah, yeah, trying to see what she can and really do. And I really did not like Melissa McCarthy before any of those two movies, so I'm, like, emotionally confused about her. Okay. What movie um, did you finally see that changed your mind? About? I didn't see it. I mean, I wanted to see it. It's oh, the, the one, one where she... she's, like, a fraud? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, get it, Melissa McCarthy? Maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But looks fun. We got, we, got a, we got a couple movies coming. Like, this year, yes. I'm excited about movies. Yeah. 2017, I was not excited until the very end. That is very true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. this year I'm kind of like, all right, I can fuck with what people are doing. Yeah, nice. Yeah. We're getting some pretty good movies throughout the year so yeah. far. So yeah, that's, sure. That's I nice. mean, they start off well with like Infinity Wars, Deadpool, and mm-hmm. a few of the other ones that released in the yeah, earlier part. You were of never the year. really here. Was pretty well too with fucking Phoenix that I still yeah. haven't seen. Yes. Quiet Place so. was good too. Mm-hmm. Quiet Place Isle was pretty of good too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Solid so far, 2018 movies. has yeah. got a good start. Agreed. Yeah. Um, is that it? Oh uh, yeah, that's it for TV and movies. Yeah. Okay. 
I was kind of yeah. short. It was. Yeah. That's what she said. <laughs> oh, I guess that's it for today's episode. I don't really have anything else to say. Hey. Um, I think it's time so for the handles. I, I think so. So hey. thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will see you next week. And you can find me on Twitter. At, you can find us on Twitter at underscore FFS podcast. You can find us on Facebook at the FFS podcast. Mm. Uh, you can find us on Stitcher, iTunes Podcast app, Google Pod, Google Play Music app. Uh, you can find us on iHeartRadio now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're on iHeartRadio, and we're working to get it on Spotify. Spotify, yeah. Uh, so you can find us on pretty much anywhere, yeah. really. And just search for Film Sake on your favorite podcasting app, and chances are we're there. Yeah, yeah. And my personal Twitter handle is at Brian Ochilla. I'm at a T-H-A underscore V-O-N-Z. Hey, hey, Lauren. And I'm at Lil Pandy Burr. Burr! Gucci, like Gucci Burr. So L-I-L-P-A-N-D-Y-B-U-R-R. Burr! <laughs> <laughs> and thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you next week. And uh, Oh, and before we sign off, as yeah. always, eat pussy, suck dick, and mm. live your best life. Okay, I agree. I, yeah. Yeah. Stick things up your butt, too, if you're into that. Oh, right. my God. Mm. And please, enjoy as many groceries as you possibly can. Yeah. yeah. I think I might. All right. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.